Check, baby, check, baby, one, two. Check, baby, check, baby, one, two, three, four. Don't worry, we'll edit that out. Hey, that's Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson's a, a person, uh, a woman. She's uh, she's an actress. Sarah Paulson's an actress that we didn't know existed because we thought she was somebody else. We kept saying, we went all these years saying, hey, look, that's she's still working. Look, I can't even remember who we thought she was, but we didn't know Sarah Paulson existed. We just knew this other person existed that we thought was her. That sounds like us. It's the yearbook. I'm your host, Doug, and I hate the phrase... Well documented, and all the other ones just like well documented, like uh, recounted many times, revisited many times, well worn, well told, uh, well known. The reason is it's used a lot when it comes to sports stories, as in his or her story has been well documented, as in he or she has a great backstory, but we're not going to tell it here. I know why that's said because when you're writing the 2000th article about football player Javon Kinlaw, and especially now with news feeds retweeting and Googling, you have to assume everyone has heard a story and is sick of hearing it, and you have to mix it up a little so you cover yourself. But in general, we have, you heard the Sarah Paulson story, in general, we have no idea what the story is that's been so well-documented. So they'd say, uh, this territory has been well-worn. We have no idea what they're talking about. We watched Javon Kinlaw at the University of South Carolina for three years. Amazon even caught highlights of him multiple times during South Carolina's bowl game recently with uh, Michigan. It was a few years ago, and Amazon's reality series about Michigan, but nothing was mentioned about Kinlaw because that series was about Michigan. Now come to find out Kinlaw, who was just drafted by the 49ers, has a story similar to the blind side. Similar in that he was homeless and he arrived in the state of South Carolina at Goose Creek High School as a sophomore. Um, Actually, hold on a second. My apologies. We'll edit this out. All right, let's see if it... In the game program, the Goose Creek... Uh, game program his sophomore year of high school Javon Kinlaw uh, defensive end was listed at six foot seven 285 pounds as a sophomore six seven 285 now fudging heights and weights is not uncommon at all levels of sports there are reports that at the end of that year at the end of his sophomore year uh, he was he was massive at 6'6 and almost 270. That would have been at the end of his sophomore year. And the NFL now, again, who knows if it's accurate, the NFL now officially uh, has him as a draft prospect and now being drafted by the 49ers. The NFL has him at 6'5". Anyway, similar to the blind side in that a teammate's family took Kinlaw in. He essentially lived with them and considered them all his family. Dissimilar, this story, in that Javon Kinlaw had a lot of people support him and help him out a lot. His new family, his high school football coaches, more people at the junior college he attended, and South Carolina head football coach Will Muschamp. Similar or dissimilar? Kinlaw spent all that time at South Carolina, and somehow we kept missing all this. There are so, 
so, so many stories like his and like The Blind Side, which that one involved uh, former Ole Miss player Michael Orr. Uh, those same biographies, while all in the same kind of genre, are also very different. Uh, in one case involving a family adopting a player, one family couldn't afford to take in another child but felt that they had to do it. It was the right thing to do. And even though they couldn't afford it, they had to. Uh, for those turned off by what some saw in the blind side uh, as a white family having to save an African-American boy, Kinlaw's surrogate family was African-American. But despite all this, to this day, the blind side is the only one of those tales that's gone mainstream. Uh, sports stories of overcoming hardship, homelessness, being an orphan, they seem made for book and or movie and or documentary deals, but the blind side story has been done only once in the blind side. And that's it. Not to turn real people in real hardships into a game, but it's interesting that the original story was so unique and got so much attention and then so many equally compelling subsequent similar stories have been ignored by the book documentary movie industrial complex. The exact same outside of sports, okay? Outside of sports, the exact same true stories keep capturing attention over and over and over and over, and they keep getting publicized. But athletes overcoming homelessness, experiencing adoption, uh, taking on an unfamiliar game in an unfamiliar setting, that was a one and done, done in the blind side, and that's it. Now, this is not to say that your life doesn't matter unless you get a movie or a book deal, that your story doesn't exist unless it's seen in a documentary or book. That's not what we're saying. We're basically saying that these stories are seen by many sports fans, but none of them, except for the very first one, The Blind Side, that was the only one to go mainstream. That was the only one that really has been seen and embraced by non-sports fans. And the media obviously covers them, but those stories, these similar stories, The Blind Side was embraced. It was a hit movie, and then that concept has not been embraced since and that's just interesting we wonder why it was a good story once but never again now a part of the problem is likely that sports movies are a hard sell with the public although you'd think the will green light anything streaming services would be interested although if they're going to do this they got to do it with money we don't want it to look cheap uh and it's too bad more of these men and women don't make it off of the sports sites or out of the sports section because these players are complicated you know, they're, they're not one-dimensional. Garrett Bowles is a similar to the blind side story. Garrett Bowles overcame so much. Uh, he, was, he was adopted by a family, I believe, in high school. He wound up starring in college football, and he was drafted by the Denver Broncos. But the Broncos' experience has not gone as planned. Uh, the offensive lineman Bowles has not played well, and the fans and the team now appear to be giving up on Bowles. Kinlaw is especially compelling— because his arrival at Goose Creek did not work magic. He was reportedly a high school troublemaker uh, who a lot of people wanted thrown off of the football team. He underachieved at football. Uh, some say his teachers were not overly helpful. Uh, Kinlaw may have had issues with structure because through his life he had no structure. His best friend says Kinlaw was largely misunderstood. Not his high school experience, but his junior college experience is what's credited with Kinlaw's breakthrough. That's where he had the epiphany. But 
all the work that he and so many others did before that got him to that point. And if anyone does a documentary, we'd prefer a documentary or a movie. Movies tend to make stuff up. That's the way the story should be portrayed as layered, complicated, treacherous, and a learning process. No one is 100% perfect, and that's the way the story should be portrayed. You can contact us at says in the yearbook at hotmail.com. Find us uh, wherever you find your podcast and listen. You can listen to our uh, back episodes. And thank you very much for listening. Again, I'm Doug. This is uh, the yearbook sportscast. Of all sports, IndyCar. IndyCar is coming back on June 6th. When that was announced, that was a spit take. And not an LOL where no one actually LOLs and everyone just just deals with it. No one actually LOL. Why'd you write that? I don't know. LOL. No, this was an actual spit take, which are hilarious, low-profile IndyCar. They're serious. They so far are running the Genesis 300 at Texas Motor Speedway on June 6th. The race will be run without fans and everything. Practice, qualifying the race, it's all going to be the same day, so everyone won't have to keep returning to the track. Now, provided everyone stays healthy, by the way, you stay healthy. Seriously. All right. Provided everyone stays healthy and it doesn't increase the risk of injury, this is great news. Why this is happening Looks like a combination of things. Uh, The Indy 500, the Indianapolis 500, the big race, has been moved to August 23rd. That reportedly cannot be run without fans because, like college football, that event props up the entire series. So maybe start the season at a place where an empty stadium is an actual possibility and gradually get to the money race, hopefully successfully. Also, IndyCar looks like it's trying to pull a NASCAR As the Texas Motor Speedway president and general manager Eddie Gossage told Reuters, quote, America needs live sports and they are not going to believe what they see when the Genesis 300 storms into their living rooms on TV from Texas, end quote. So America wants sports, any sports, supposedly. And trapped inside due to a pandemic on a Saturday night was the first live sport America sees? IndyCar. Now change trapped inside due to a pandemic to trapped inside due to a blizzard and change Saturday night to Sunday afternoon, and you have the blizzard of 1979. Much of the country, and I mean much of the country, was snowed in in February of 79, and NASCAR's Daytona 500 was being nationally televised. America, meet NASCAR. That race is credited with making NASCAR a national player. A similar bump seems really unlikely with IndyCar, but the sport could be on stage alone by itself and will absolutely get exposure one way or another. Also, we'll leave out that all these years after NASCAR was helped immensely by a blizzard and a terrific race, by the way, that day, the bloom is off the series. Uh, The LA Rams, the football team, unveiled uh, the new uniforms to go with the new old colors and the unfortunately new logo. Uh, The uniforms, if you haven't seen them, check them out. They're pretty good. Uh, and they're pretty much the same as 1992. Uh, the only thing is one uniform, which is sharp, looks like it doesn't have Rams horns on the shoulder pads, which which I think I would miss once the season gets underway. But otherwise, they're pretty cool. And what has been a busy but terrible offseason in uniform redesign history.
And once again, yeah, with the uh, with the aliens. If aliens landed, and you had to explain this to them. So you had these uniforms in 1992, uh, and then you changed them, right? And then a bunch of years later, you just changed them back, 